help them recognize that they, they've been looking for a job. They're not looking for a handout. They're bringing value and exchanging value in the work. Welcome, welcome back to this episode on how to get a job podcast. Today, I have Neil Dansger with me, and he is a founder and career consultant at Danzler Group. Neil, welcome. How are you doing today? Terrific. And yourself, Daniel? I am doing excellent. I'm super excited about this conversation because we're going to talk about a point of view that we haven't really covered in all 270 plus episodes of this podcast, uh, believe it or not. And that is the perspective of how parents can help their children when they're in college and how they can support them in the job search, but also how can children talk and communicate with their parents so that they can support them in the job search process? Because here's the thing, both your parents and yourself want you to be successful in your career. And so by working together and knowing how to work together, um, I think it's going to be very, very helpful. But Neil, um, how is it going with you? And, and, and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Uh, things are going well. I, I coach and advise young adults, meaning college students, grads, and young professionals in how to land great jobs and internships. I do it from the perspective of a hiring manager. Uh, since I ran HR for a financial technology company that I co-founded for 10 years, so uh, I, I have the perspective of the person who is engaging with candidates and such. And uh, it's a real personal passion of mine to help young adults launch successfully. And you're right, parents want it to happen, the young adults want it to happen. And I have four young adults myself, ranging from 21 to 26, and they are well on their way and, and launching. Uh, so, and I know how tricky it can be, that, that uh, relationship and interaction with, between parent and child. Yeah, and, you know, and, and, I, and I really think through, right, as like, if your parents help pay for your college, how much they're investing both financially and emotionally on it. And they obviously want to make sure that their investment is paid off. They want you to be happy and make sure that you're successful and essentially get you off their payroll. And so I can see how that, that, that could be really, you know, how they can be so invested into it and how they're going to want success. So in your perspective, how can a, a parent support a job seeker in this journey? Mm -hmm. Well, um, and I, I'd say they're, they're invested, uh, before I tell you about that, uh, they're invested in three ways. One is, is the financial investment they made in college and seeing that pay off and, and reducing the uh, strain on their own budgets and financial lives in, in terms of their kids launching versus having to support them live at home for things like that. And then there's also the sort of the psychic investment that they have in seeing them succeed and call it a pride element and, and a true from the hard love element that they want to see them succeed uh, in life. So in terms of how they can help them, uh, I think there are a couple of principles. One, it, everything has to come out of love and not out of pride and um, and strictly financial things. It, it is These are the, your offspring and you have to um, nurture them, but not coddle them. And that's a really difficult thing to do. So you need to give them the tools to succeed. And some of the tools you've probably given them, like sending them off to college, 
but some of the additional tools um, to offer them are are the means to go ahead and find a job. And I'm not uh, trying to be self-serving or talk my own book, if you will, but uh, but often young adults through the college experience uh, have access to career centers and such, but those are most more reactive services rather than proactive. And many young adults find it really helpful to have some help in the process of job search. It is a true skill and methodology and, and it's not necessarily taught as a course within school. So uh, they do need exposure to that in one way or another. No, absolutely. I think a lot about the stress that can you know happen in, within the relationship of the parents and the children once their children have graduated college and they're looking for the job and their parents obviously want them to get a job as soon as possible. And they ultimately, and I wonder how much is, what is the right amount of pressure that a parent should be putting on to the child. And I, and I get, I get, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking through it as I, as I asked that, that it would depend in a lot of different variables, but what is your advice? How can a parent to, to what extent should a parent be supporting the children? Should they be applying for jobs for them? Should they be writing cover letters for them? Um, they can't go to the interview for them. Not that I know of. No, I mean, parents can often take too heavy a hand. They, some parents engage with professors and things like that. And I'm all against helicoptering or bulldozing kinds of parents. So they need to take a lighter touch. They need to be genuinely supportive and they need to pick the times. And this is really important about when to have the conversation. And it's not that every time around the dinner table is, so how's the job search going and a kind of an attack, if you will, or every phone call, if they're living away from home, it shouldn't be an inquisition. But I, and I think it makes sense to schedule, perhaps schedule time to have the conversation and to be encouraging. Um, in terms of the help they can give them, their pers the parent's personal network is, is in many cases extremely yeah. valuable to the young adult. That's not the case for every young adult, but many times aunts and uncles and parents, business associates and people in the community that they've had either no or some tangential exposure to are great sources for uncovering jobs. And to your point about parents shouldn't write the cover letter or take, they can't take the interview, but I've seen all too many times and heard from many clients that the parents are uh, saying, give me your resume, I'll shoot it off to my friend and see if they know of any jobs. And that couldn't be further from the best process to make things happen. And by that, I mean that they should, the parents should be, should open their network and relationships in a way that the parent is comfortable, but they really want to let the young adult take control of the process so that the young adult can be themselves, uh, handle follow-up and, and be engaging and develop a true relationship with the person. And it's not a matter of, hey, do you know of any jobs for little Tommy, but rather, hey, you're in the trading area at uh, Merrill Lynch, um, Tommy's kind of interested in that. Uh, would you be open to him reaching out to you and having a Zoom with you? So that's those are that's the kind of help. It shouldn't be uh, do it for them, but be helpful to them. You know, some some of the things you mentioned there are so good and so important because I even think of myself as when I was a hiring manager and I would get referrals. If if a parent were to like you know be the helicopter parents get be very involved and they're using their personal connections to not only help their children get the jobs, but their 
pushing that on their their relationship i think that actually looks negative upon their their, their son like it's there's no soft skills or leadership skills and when that when the when the when the children are the ones that are actually sending the email you know after the parents have checked on and, and said is it okay if my son reaches out to you right that actually is a better approach and you mentioned that i think that 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 shows more leadership more so the soft skills uh then if the mom or the dad did all the work in a sense because i actually think you're hurting your, the chances of your of, of your son doing it because if, if if you've been doing that like you're going through the interview process those interactions are part of the interview process right right it's simply making the connection and the young adult has to build the relationship and it's often more than a one and done it's having that talk and then following up days or weeks later with, hey, this is an interesting article on algorithmic trading I found. So to be, be their own person and, and begin their own process of getting to know someone um, over time. Yeah. But um, what I'm saying is it's the personal network, the parents network is the great starting point yeah. for job search. Um, and it's a wonderful supplement to the applications that people are going to do. They're going to go online. They're going to see, oh, what's going on at Merrill Lynch? And hey, I know someone. I talked to someone at Merrill Lynch. Instead of lobbing your application in, you know, as the 678th on the pile, you can have a real advocate within the firm. Yeah, no, I love that. Now, let's talk about the other extreme, right? So we, we, we were just mentioning about the helicopter bulldozing parent. But what about the other extreme when you have a parent who's not involved, doesn't check in, does, like, how can a, you know, a, a student about to graduate, start that conversation with their parent who, and, and how can the, they can ask, what should they be asking for support um, in that case? Yeah, and that's an, you raise an interesting issue for the parent who is too light touch. Um, they will often, I've seen many cases where they will put their uh, new graduate up in an apartment in New York City, pay, give them the, the credit card and things like that. And they're so light touch that this can go on for months or years. And, you know, those, those grads who have been privileged, if you will, you know, take long to, longer to launch than many. And they kind of put themselves behind the eight ball because um, when you're, when you have a lot of time that's unaccounted for and you haven't used it for personal development and enrichment and experiences, it's going to make the employer say, Hey, what this kid was sitting on the couch watching Netflix, is this really the person I want to bring on to my firm? So, so that light touch, it can be really dangerous. And I, I would add also, there are some parents that do that light touch because they're really not equipped to help their young adult. And I, I will have to say that some parents, particularly physicians, people in the medical area, where they haven't had more of the classic commercial um, life, if you will, moving jobs, interviewing, it tends to be a lower turnover kind of business and and also attorneys that's kind of a attract career that's a little different than your standard job search so they're they're often st staying back and they can't help their kids either with the process or knowing about industries that are interesting to them meaning they're not so big up on tech firms or financial institutions or you know other other digital media things that are 
where the jobs are, but they're because of their career path, they're not really connected. Such interesting and such a good point on like doctors and lawyers might not know exactly how it feels to go into the engineering or business side of those professions where, you know, for doctors, the, the way that they apply in the interview process and even the, the supply and demand of doctors. The match. Yeah, the matching yeah. side of it. It's, it's so different. Um, you know, what I, what I found is like, you know, if you graduate and you're looking for a job and maybe you're, to your point, are privileged where your parents are paying for your expenses, you need to have built discipline and you need to treat finding a job, your full-time job. You know, spend eight hours a day going through, looking for what jobs are available, networking, you know, applying, uh, practicing interviews, building some sort of skill that are, is required, maybe just a skill gap that you can work on and having that discipline. So as a parent, I, I would say like, if you are, you know, maybe you, you have a son or a daughter that graduated and they're on your payroll, they'll either move in with you or they're living in an apartment that you're paying for, um, I would say put them on, like, make sure that they are, put, they're on a schedule, that they are treating, finding a job, a full-time job, give them a deadline. Because I do see it on the opposite side, like the opposite side of where I work with a lot more is international students who they have a deadline. They have 90 days to get a job from when they graduate. And most of them do get a job. Why do they get a job? Is because of the sense of urgency that they have, right? It's not even a money issue at this point. It is 90 days, if I don't have a job, I have to leave the country. My visa expires. I can't work here. Um, and so that deadline, that pressure actually works in their favor in that end right now. Those 90 days are very, very stressful. Um, but what I, what I, and I think you can put that level of, not the same level of pressure, but some sort of pressure and requirements saying, hey, no problem. I will pay for your rent. I will pay for your expenses for three months. You got three months. After that, it's on you. You're going to have to take some credit card there. You're going to have to put yourself in, uh, out of this and put that pressure and say eight hours a day, how many places you're applying, how, how are you networking? And at that point, maybe even hire a professional like you that specializes in those cases. Right. I mean, in practical terms, it's hard to give it to give a deadline, if you will. Um, uh, you, you really need to be encouraging well, it's hard to give a deadline, but it's easier to say these resources last for so long, if you will, meaning not making it so sort of cushy or easier on them. Like my expectation is you will launch and you don't have, you know, a New York apartment is not going to work. Yeah. I'm not going to fund that. So you, you basically have to set the ground rules and set it early. Yes. Don't do it at graduation. Do it like to start talking about it in middle school about expectations like i expect all of you to to fly and i'm not going to let you stumble and fail but i'm also not going to make it very easy and cushy for you yeah and, and in terms so you one approach is make a de hard deadline another is sort of um is to try to take the coach's approach as a parent which is so how would you know how do you think you'll like living with me and mom in our home in a place that's not near the city so you're going to be kind of isolated and i don't have a car for you how is that gonna like well, how do you envision that playing out asking those questions and helping them come to their conclusion like mm, that wouldn't be so good so and but parents don't have that coach's manner to to be inquisitive parents and i'm i see this they they dictate and say you should do this and you're going to do that and it will be by then instead of that the the 
inquisitiveness that a coach has to help people come to their own conclusions and solve their own problems, as I'm sure you could appreciate. Yeah. And I also think I remember working. So earlier when I started this coaching business, right, um, I was one of my mentors was the guy who wrote the book, uh, one of the biggest books on this field. And we were grabbing coffee. He actually happens to live in Orlando. And uh, and he was talking to me about how he was having struggling to have his daughter listen to his advice on how to get ready, um, how to find internships earlier on, the earlier you find internships, you know, like kind of like being proactive about the job search process, even though they were like a sophomore or junior at that time that we were having coffee. And he asked me, he's like, hey, can you mentor my daughter? And I'm like, hey, you wrote the book on this. I'm just starting out. Like what? And he goes like, well, the the, the reason is she, she sees me as a dad, right? She does not going to listen to me the same way that she would listen to you. And I think that's a really learning lesson of saying like, hey, like you might have a very successful career as a parent. Like you, you, you might have the job that your son or daughter ultimately want to strive for in some cases. But the advice that you come in, like get, children sometimes listen more to an outside expert than they would to their own mom and dad. And so I think I think that's where if your parents have the resources working with a career coach like yourself, Neil, might be the best because he actually will re release some of that tension that might be caused when you have a, a father and a daughter or a father and a son or, or vice or a mom and right. Create that tension that just naturally creates when you're like, you need to get a job. You need to get on my payroll. And then the daughter or the son are, are, are complaining. It's like, you're not supportive. You don't believe in me. And it just creates so much tension. Right. You know, parents, I, again, I know firsthand, they parent kids don't want to hear it from their parents. Even the best equipped parents at it is the old, you know, the cobblers, kids, shoemakers, kids in their shoes kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, so an independent third party, an objective third party is really helpful here. And, and I create an atmosphere of confidentiality and a safe space. So I will say very often parents come to me, I have an initial conversation with them and they say they're supportive of providing help to their young adult. Then I have a conversation with a young adult because I would never attempt to work with someone who is rebellious and not interested in doing it. So it's a two-step kind of buy-in to the process. But then once I start working with the young adult, the parents never hear from me again. There's no check-in, status reports, notes, things like that. Unless if the young adult wants me to speak to their parent for one reason or another, I will. But it's, it is me and the client from that point forward. And they can share things like, you know, I really get nervous during interviews. Um, it, mm. um, I'm really not comfortable reaching out to people. There's a, there's a lot of anxiety as you know, I'm sure you know, among young adults in for so many reasons. And I think social media tops, <laughs> tops the list of what causes uh, young adults to get be uncomfortable. They're always, they see the best lives of their friends on Instagram. Look, I just got in early acceptance and they get all freaked out and everyone's getting jobs, but me, and it can create a downward spiral. So what I try to do is build them up and re and be positive and reinforce things, the sort of the opposite of the social media effect. And I help them recognize that they, they've been looking for a job. They're not looking for a handout. They're bringing value and exchanging value in the workplace. Yeah. And they have a lot to offer. 
in technically, socially, et cetera, culturally. So be proud of what you can offer and go, go in on an equal footing, not bowing, bowing down to the almighty employer. And, and the bit about this, the third party, the neutral third party, we see it in driving instruction. Mm. Everyone has their kids go out for driving school. And, you know, they may also, of course, help them, but together, but often a, a driving instructors involved and college admissions, you know, there are advisors that help with that process, both because they know how to do it and because they diffuse some of the tension between the parent and the young adult. No, no, it makes so much sense uh, why having a third party involved, it's just going to allow the, the relationship to be stronger, which is the most important thing is the relationship between the, the you know, the parents and the children and having a third party expert who's gone through this route, right? Uh, the parents, a lot of times are telling them their experience on how to get a job when they got a job 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago versus, um, and things have changed, you know, they, they weren't using LinkedIn, Monster and Indeed or Handshake. Um, and, and so things have definitely changed. So, um, Neil, this has been awesome. If, you know, if there is a student that is looking to, to kind of get the support, maybe that they're like, Hey, maybe I should reach out to my parents to talk to, to, to help pay for this as a way to support. Or if you're a parent listening to this and you are want to learn more about Neil and his services, what is the best way to get a, connected with you or get in contact with you? Sure. Certainly dansgergroup.com is my website. That's danger with a Z right in the middle group.com or my LinkedIn profile, Neil, uh, Neil Dansker. There aren't that many on LinkedIn. I'm kind of fortunate in that respect and always happy to have a complimentary consultation, a, a strategy session to get to know the parent, the young adult. And you know, I, I work with people in a couple of ways. Um, certainly one-on-one -on -one coaching is a mainstay, but I'm also beginning to offer uh, group uh, coaching live online classes and I'm very excited about that. So it's uh, it can be delivered multiple ways and I do share a lot of great content on LinkedIn and a weekly newsletter. So those are the ways to get to know me. Amazing. Amazing. So we'll definitely put all your LinkedIn and your website on the show notes. So if you are interested in learning more about Neo and connecting with them, you can just click the links below. Uh, Neo, thank you so much for joining us. And for everyone listening, thank you so much for coming to this episode of the podcast. All right, so in today's rant, I am going to talk about how you make finding a job your full-time job. If you've already graduated and you have nothing going on and you're just waiting to get a callback so that you can start your full-time job and you're like, hey, I graduated, I don't have a job going on, what should I do with my time? Here is my advice to you. I believe that you should take finding a job seriously and make it your full-time job. Make it a Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. job. Just like if you go in for a job, build a routine. Don't get lazy and don't get sucked into the comfortables of your couch or bed and watch unlimited Netflix. Instead, wake up early, go to the gym before, you know, set from 8 to 10 a.m. to to review what new job openings are out there. Set time to network. Set time to apply to jobs properly. Tweaking your resume. Doing research on the companies before you apply. Creating a cover letter. Finding five to ten people per job 
that you apply to to network with on LinkedIn and start the conversation to get you visibility, create LinkedIn content, right? Spend three to four hours sharpening the skills that you need for the job so that you can close that skill gap that you might have. Building those technicals and soft skills that are required. Use that time to build and get new certifications that you think are might holding you back. Use that time to do mock interviews. Use that time to network with other people who are looking for jobs or engaging and commenting on LinkedIn on the post of other individuals. The key is that you're being proactive, not reactive. The key is that you're not just waiting for people to reach out to you, that you're not just waiting to get an email to invite you to an interview while you watch Netflix. You need to keep yourself busy for anything else for your mindset. If not, you're going to put yourself into massive anxiety and depression. And you want to avoid that because once you start doubting yourself, once you start feeling anxious and depressed, the harder it's going to be for you to snap out of it. And if you do get to call to an interview and when you will get called to an interview, because it will eventually happen if you apply to enough places, you're going to be doubting yourself. And that's going to translate into your interview. It's going to make it even harder for you to get the job. So all I am saying is this. Be proactive, not reactive. Set yourself a schedule. Treat it like a full-time job. Put blocks of times in your calendar. Spend two hours networking. Spend two hours looking for new opportunities and customizing your application and applying. Spend some three to four hours building new skill sets, building sort of getting certifications. Spend time engaging, going to networking events, going to meetup events, asking your current network if they can help you get a job. But the key is, is to stay busy. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like and subscribe and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. And if you're a job seeker, a college student looking for a job and want to learn how we can help you, I actually want to invite you to one of our workshops. Go to our website at opni.co and register for our next live workshop so that you can see what working with us is all about. Have an amazing day and catch you guys later.